Outgoing New Jersey Governor Chris Christie guest hosted Afternoon Drive on WFAN Sports Radio in New York yesterday. Just think about that. A year ago, he was angling to be a heartbeat away from the presidency, and now his best hope for his next job is to replace Mike and the Mad Dog. The Trump Report starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Ah, good evening, everybody! It's Christian Blatt here on The Trump Report. At Christian DMZ is where you can find me. We have a full house tonight. Next to me, the one, the only, Drexel Hurd, at Drexel Hurd. Hello. And for those watching on YouTube, he has the smart glasses on. I do have so, my Rick Perry glasses on. Yes, you do have your Rick Perry glasses on. I'm intimidated, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm always intimidated, but uh, also always intimidated by the one, the only, Chelsea Galicia. No glasses, but I'm still intimidated. Perfect vision. Yeah, if you had glasses, it would it would probably hurt more. Um I'm not intimidated no. by Scott Moore. No You're one not is. the one, the only either. No. There's there's many of you. <laughs> there are I know a lot because of... I'm trying yes. to tag you on Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook. There's a lot of stuff. We're Moore's. everywhere. But you're the only one that we want on the show. <laughs> However, we do also have a special guest, Buddy Sostand. Tell me I said it right, Buddy. You said it right, actually. Oh, my goodness. That was pretty good. And he is at Buddy Sostand, but it's S O S T H A N D. That's on Twitter. And buddysostand.com. Or no, it's buddy.sostand.com, unless I'm mistaken. Right, yeah. 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 So the dot between buddy and sostand <laughs> on the dot com. Yeah. And we want to make sure everybody can find everything. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to start because obviously it would be rude to not start with our guest. Uh, buddy, you are an award winning stuntman sure. who's appeared in films such as The Expendables, The Amazing Spider Man, and Captain America Civil War. So you, ha- I have seen your work, just didn't realize it. Right. Um, when you're doing Amazing Spider-Man and Captain America Civil War, just please tell me you were a stunt double for Spider-Man. Negative. I okay. I didn't think so, but I was just hoping because <laughs> yes. he was in both of those movies. Right. And I was like, all right, you know, just depended on whether or not I was going to uh, ask for an autograph. But I'll get a selfie. <laughs> no anyway. autograph now? Well, so I'll get a selfie. Though. That's, <laughs> so that's, that's, wow. That's, yeah, that's more the... So yeah. leave well, now, Christian? No, because I have a trunk full of Spider-Man DVDs. So now I don't, I don't know. Uh, so when you're in a movie like that, it's just stunts for various cast members or are you specifically assigned to someone in particular? Well, it depends. So I would say for uh, Spider-Man, I actually have what we, what we consider stunt acting roles. Okay. So I engaged in a uh, fight scene with, uh, amongst other stunt colleagues of mine, with um, um, what's his name? Andrew Garfield. Right? Is Andrew? Yeah. Well, if it's the, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, yes, it is indeed Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah now because got, the like, OG Spider-Man, that man, is there's just so many, yeah. and, and there's now, a new reboot. And now it's Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom it's Holland. Hard, yeah. Look, it's hard to keep the Spider-Man yeah, straight. Exactly. Yeah. So those I had to think about it, yeah. right? It's been a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, so certain times, because we did close quarters combat fight scene with him in a subway car. So oftentimes, you know, they will put us together with, like, the actor and stunt, stunt performers around him who have a little bit of acting chops. Sure. Uh, who can actually just stand there and not, you know, to look natural. Uh, yeah, I did look my natural, best. not like. And uh, fight the actor and not hurt him. So, uh, well, that's probably the most important part. That's the most important Because thing. obviously this is, is not something you were involved with, but uh, we all heard about how during the filming of Star Wars Force Awakens, Harrison Ford was hurt a lot. And I think he's uh, still got pain from it. And so that obviously is very important that, you know, that's not something that would have been someone like your fault. But it's also everybody needs to make sure that this stunt goes the way it's supposed well, to. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but there's, there's always there's a fine line because, you know, when you're putting you also do stunt coordination. So you also want to use your talent as much as possible. So you want to, you know, sometimes you want to, as I say, ride the edge. 
but not go over the edge. So sometimes they're going to get bumps and bruises, which we hope for. But um, every once in a while, you might get a what we call an owie. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's a technical term. That's what the, uh, the onset doctor probably says. Uh, one other thing that I want to ask you about in terms of your work, you've doubled for both Sam Jackson and Dr. Dre. I'd like to know when and where you did those. Okay, so uh, the one time I was uh, fortunate enough to double Mr. Jackson, because a friend of mine is his normal double, uh, was on a movie called Lakeview Terrace. Okay, so not Snakes on a Plane. But I'm no. Gonna, I'm going to keep listening. <laughs> I'm still I'm interested. I'm disappointing you today is what it sounds no, like. No, no, that's all right. I, I, should I, Drexel, should I flee? <laughs> you know, only one black person in the room at a time. Did you like the show Grimm? I doubled the guy on Grimm. Did you like Grimm? I know that show, but uh, it, it's... Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I, look, I saw Lakeview Terrace, though. So I saw that. And Dr. Dre, was it... Uh, well, Dr. Jeff done a couple music videos where I doubled him driving one of his uh, luxury cars. Oh, very. Hey. Uh, never All right, that sounds film. pretty good. Yes. That sounds yes. like something where it's a lot less likely to get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, we love having you here. Great conversationalist. Uh, great to know about your background. Now, the reason why you would be on the Trump Report is because you're also the co-host of the Great American Podcast. And uh, talk a little bit about that how you're conservative, but you work very hard to produce a nonpartisan podcast. Well, okay, so the Great American Podcast uh, would be the umbrella, and the name of our show is On the Porch. Oh, I see. Okay. And so, but, but the Great American Podcast is how you find us on Facebook. That's how you find us on um, GreatAmericanPodcast.us, I Boom. believe, as well. Look at you. Yeah. Oh, I did my research. I really should leave. Oh. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you got this. We'll talk about you. Got you. This. Yeah. I'll, I'll pretend. I was like, oh, yeah, he was snakes on a plane. Yeah, totally and he was Spider Man in every Spider Man yeah, movie. Was not awesome. every Spider Man, no. <laughs> no, just, just amazing. One yeah. Of the many. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, my partner, who's an actor, his name is uh, John Piercello, and uh, he and I um, often have political discourse, let's just say. And he was uh, on a podcast. Uh, a year ago and invited me on and, and you know I had some different points of views on things and some of the hosts didn't really take too kindly to it and so for about a, a month after I left it was kind of like name calling bad names so they like were that. still talking about you after yes, you had left yes because I had a different perspective so to me that was shocking because I said well what happened to the and I'm, I'm not like we are the world cat I understand people have different points of views <laughs> and people are going to be adamant uh, and uh, emphatic about their uh, uh, their, their perspectives but I've always thought it was weird that it becomes a personal attack mm. and where people want to destroy you because you have a different point of view. that You may see the world from a different axiom than I do. So John and I often have these type of discussions, but they're always kind of funny. So I said, dude, why don't we have our own podcast? And I said, so the idea would be, we say, healing America one conversation at a time. So we have people from the left on our show. We have people from the right on our show. We have people talking about being domestic possessed by demons on Whoa. the show. You know All what I right. mean? So, uh, you know, so it's that just, is uh, not something we've had on the uh, show. But <laughs> yeah. You know, I, now, I mean, granted, unless, unless anybody on the panel has something we that they'd like to... We have the EPA guy on. That's true. Right. We, we, true. We, could, yeah. we could have some... Possess- still yeah. time. And, you know, we used to have... Uh, we used to do uh, the election show, Trump versus Hillary, with Stephen, and I don't know, he may have been possessed by a demon at some point. Right. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the porch idea... Yeah. So I, didn't, I really didn't explain. I'll get that fast. The porch idea was where I come from in Texas. You know, we would just all hang out on the porch, and people just talk. And especially in my family, we would have the very, uh, how can I call it, some very intense political discussions where you thought people were going to leave the porch and get in the front yard, go to the front yard. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the idea is to say, well, the idea is to not leave the porch and go to the front yard and, you know, you know, get them up. And so that's where we came up with this concept of people just hanging out and talking. So that's the theme. It was like just on the porch. Who's going to come by and sit on our porch today and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about and we can disagree and be cool hopefully we can have a little beer or some tea afterwards and 
keep you know just keep it moving. Well, look, I mean that is what there's certainly not enough of as people talk about politics, and as this show has gone along, just the world has gotten much more divisive. People are much more dug in. I feel like if you go back four, eight, twelve years, it was probably a lot easier to for people to be like, okay, we'll try and listen to the other side. But now both sides are very angry at one another for various reasons and both feel rightly so. It's what we try to do here, but it's very hard to get uh, conservative voices onto that couch. So we always do appreciate it. Now, like I said, you're a conservative, but uh, you try to have the show be nonpartisan. We try to have this show be nonpartisan, but it it never really works out that way as uh, the people in the chat will attest to. By the way, yes, you are. Well, you were conservative (laughs) at one point, actually. No, no, this is... The, everybody went right and Drexel went straight. Yeah. That's how he ended up done Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Drexel, you, you went straight? <laughs> Should we tell your fiance? I don't know. Uh, by the way, Jimbo, if you could put the chat up on the big screen, that would be uh, fantastic. Because Drexel has it on his his phone, so he has the insight on the chat. I do. And, mm-hmm. and I don't. But uh, so there's, there'll be a lot of things we want to talk about. And, uh, you know, I know I, I used to produce Dennis Miller's radio show, which is something you might not know about me. Uh, as a I, result did, of no, that, I did research like yourself. And yeah, but I'm not Dennis Miller, so you see, you were able to be disappointed. So you see, <laughs> no, all the I didn't say I was a fan of Dennis Miller. I just said I did my just, research yeah, on the show well, that I was going to be a guest. He on. has a lot. He has a lot more Emmys than I do, uh, than my zero. But uh, th- so as a result of that show, I have a, I have a lot of friends who are conservative, libertarian, all across the political spectrum. And what I find is it's very a lot of them are I'm a conservative, but many of them immediately make the point but I don't like Trump. And then those that do feel like, I'm going to try to not say that uh, unless I have to sometimes, you know, because it's such a divisive thing. It's, you know, this is obviously people were opposed to President Obama, but, you know, in recent memory, in my lifetime for sure, nothing's ever been more divisive than this. I mean, I certainly am old enough that I, I remember the way that uh, people would talk about Reagan and they weren't happy with uh, with him and, and the area of New York that I grew up in. But at the same time, they were they still couldn't help but like him. And then with Trump, it's very hard to find people that are like, ah, you know, I don't like this or that about him, but let me try and give him a fair shake. So as a conservative, I'm not even asking you what you think about Trump. You're certainly more than welcome to say. But do you find that if somebody here is conservative, they immediately think like, oh, you think everything that Trump says is great? And- well, you know what? I think I, would, I wouldn't want to make a generalization of what somebody would say uh, just based sure. on who they think you are. Um, and I think one of the things that I would say that kind of gets missed in the political discourse is our education. I think we have always been divided, right? I mean, I think we had a civil war, right? We had a revolutionary war. So I think it's within the, we are all citizens of American democracy. So I'm not really offended by someone, uh, whether they be conservative or a liberal, who does not like the president. I still feel that America still needs to be first. So I, I want to fight, would rather fight for that. I personally, um, how can I tell people? There's the phenomenon of Trump and then there's the man. And uh, the phenomenon is something that I did vote for. Now, granted, I always talk to my friends who are never Trumpers, and I have a lot of them. Uh, like, buddy, I. Like, yeah. Come on, buddy, how could you do it? And I say, well, just based on my principles, the things that he supports, he's closer to my principles. No one on the left is going to be closer to my principles. Ooh, I want to hear what the principles mm-hmm. are. As far as, like, just, you know, liberty, lower taxes, defense, 
Um, you, you know, I'm not for like social, socialism. I'm not for the big government programs that I believe fulfill black people specifically. So I always say that black empowerment, I think, comes from the fact that we have a lot of issues within the black community that should be addressed uh, by the community and uh, not being a part of the nanny state. So nanny state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the dependency. So the point of depending on things other than you know, like say God, family, and country. So once again, those are specifics that we could probably do an hour on each one: God, family, and country. But I think in this discourse, what is being missed is like, I'm fine with people hating Trump. I'm fine with people. You know, when I say fine, like if that's your perspective, man, I'm not one to try to change that perspective. If that's how you see the world. But the question is, if I disagree with you, you disagree with me, does it have to be a personal attack? So that's where you're bringing up a very good point, is it's become a personal attack for people on either side. Even during the Obama administration, it was like if Obama said the sky was uh, blue, people like Nas Green. So yeah, I, well, so yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I think this political discourse, it might be a continuation, and I've said this on our podcast, of I'd say the prosperity of our country, and I think prosperity has kind of, kind of, kind of a little spoiled. And now with social media, we can communicate a lot easier. An idea, or we can communicate a thought, or mm-hmm. a reaction, right? I'm pissed, and how could he do that? And then that becomes something that goes viral, and you create fire. Fi- Viral. 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 It can also go viral. And and the thread goes on and on and on and on and on. And uh, I'll never forget the perfect example was once uh, someone had made the uh, comment and they said, all Republicans are racist. And I said, well, that can't be true. And I said, uh, I would not even say Democrats are racist knowing that the KK party was started by the Democratic Party. That's all I said, right? I was like, so let's get rid of the racism talk <laughs> and let's wait, talk. Wait, we were, set, we were talking about education, yeah. right? Yeah. This is where education is probably mm-hmm. helpful, right? Because well, history is probably history, helpful. Yeah. And then education yeah. after that. No, because we we know that the parties have switched. Negative. They have not switched. Because if you're saying that all Republicans are racist. No, no, we're, we're not saying that. that. We're not saying what? that. The, the Well, the KKK was started by the Democrats. They were. That that is the current that is the modern day Republican Party. Right. No, so this is where I disagree with you, Jackson. If you say the modern day Republican Party, see, what I'm saying that's what I'm saying. That's a generalization that I disagree with. That, and I think we're talking leadership by le- through through leadership and through legislation. No, 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 no. That's negative because the, the problem that, is that you have people who are Republican senators and congressmen who are elected to to office as Republicans. So the, you're saying the Republican platform. If you're saying maybe if there are racist Republican voters. Or racist Democratic voters—that's a more. We're, but you can't say a party, a whole party. Yes, it has in the history Negative. of time. I, I'm pretty sure I, I passed the AP exam in American AP history. I, I, think yes. if you I did too. AP government. Respect, I did. But if you believe, I just want you to listen to what you're saying. But there's a difference. A whole party. I'm saying the we're, people who are Hispanic. We're not Omar saying the Navarro, whole party, though. We're not saying the whole party. We're she saying said the, the party. Switched. No, we're saying the the. The platform the, and the, the platform and the principles the have platform? shifted throughout Give me the, the time period. Explain to me what the platform, the racist platform would be like. You know how Hamas has in their. We're chapter. not talking about the racist platform. We're no. talking the about the whole entire thing has has switched through. I don't. But you have to give an example. Over. Like what makes a whole? What I'm disagreeing with is that you're saying like I was. That's what I'm saying. The point I was trying to tell you, like, so when I went back to the Democratic, when I put the thread up, I was saying that I do not believe that the Democratic people who are Democrats today are racist. But I'm saying is to say that okay, the KKK was started by the Democratic Party. In, therefore, in, 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 in therefore, name only. 
Huh? Right. That's what I'm saying. You're, put, you're, no, you're talking you gotta, history you versus what's today. I larger point about political discourse. But there's some specific no, facts within the larger right. picture right, right. that we want you have not given me a fact about. to talk, you talk about so, switching the platform. So there's no so, proof of that. So it, there is proof there, of that. There is. Okay, Drexel, give me an example. Drexel go, and then you guys. In how legislation has been put forth. So if you look at the, where the Democrats were in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, and then you say, what, the, what was the Democratic Party platform back in those days? And then you look at where the, where the Democrats are now. And then you look at where the Republican Party was back in the 1920s. Basically, the Democrats of the 1920s are the Republicans of the 1980s and 90s. The De Republicans of the 1990s are the Democrats of the 1920s. So it's, it's all just in name only. But at the same time, we were just having this conversation about Richard Nixon. Right. Um, it, it, at the same time, you look at the way the Republican legislation has... Give me an example of the, a. Remember, you use the word racist now. You use I, the word no, 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 you we're not. The word no, no, we're not saying racist. We just said, we just said that the. She said they switched, and I'm saying what you, switched. I'm you saying, said, what is your, your uh, specific? When you say legislation, I'm saying you have to give me an specific legislation that do you, that perpetuates racism but it's not about racism we're not yeah. talking yeah. about racism you just hold on the platform we're talking about the people the voters like to make it as, as simplified okay. as possible let's go back to like the the whole southern vote in 64 when lbj southern had run for re-election and he did the uh the the platform there in 1964 for civil rights and he knew that he was now going to lose the generation of those Southern Democrats that had always the, been Democrats. Uh, the Dixiecrats. The Dixiecrats, Dixiecrats yes. all those people that had voted. He knew he was going to lose those people. And Richard Nixon accentuated that move in the, in the Southern Democrats to be able to have those people shift over. And if you look, I'm just saying across the South, you can see throughout the South how all those once Democrats uh, have now switched to the Republican Party. And that goes in the elected leaders. That goes through the entire Southern Democrat voters have now shifted to the Republicans, starting from the 60s and 70s, moving through to Reagan, and has accelerated to today. You can also well, see that in the Truman Doctrine, too. Like right. That, that, just that entire idea of, of Social Security, the entire... Those were not Demo the Democratic no. Party of the 1920s and before that. Those are not areas where the Democratic Party would have been. From Truman on, basically, the Democratic Party was right. like, we are the party that is there to help people, which is where the Republican Party was before right, and Republican Party used to be about the be about, environment, no. uh, high taxes, ninety percent tax uh, rates during the Eisenhower you years. You got that in Nixon, and then those people had high rates. I want to give Buddy a chance to respond, and then we'll uh, make sure we let Chelsea yeah. chime in before we move on to the news of the day. Yes, but I do want to. Sorry, yeah, exactly. no, no, no. History. Well, yes. This is what I'd like to keep doing if we had three right, right, for show, ten hours, right? Because well, we don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to let you finish up your thought, and we'll go back. Yeah, well, I will say, like, I think, and it was funny because the Nestor Suja had a great movie, and he addressed those points about this about this switch that never happened by the way but i will wow. say i will say i will say okay. this though but but the point i was actually trying to make that was <laughs> a larger smart point. <laughs> yeah i gotta put my yeah but no seriously gotta, um, but guys but seriously the larger point that i was actually trying to make was wait can i ask well, hold on, hold on, let, let no, I want to hear what your point, point is that let you're trying to make yeah the, the larger point i was using the i was trying to use the thread because someone made the point that today they said my problem with all the Republicans or the Republican Party is that they are all racist. 
I wanted to bring the idea and say, no, this is not a fact. So I was going to give them an example of parties who have actually contributed. Now, that does not mean, as I was saying to you earlier, Jexel, that there weren't people within the party who supported. They even had this group called the Lily White Republicans, right, who were Republicans, and who they called themselves the Lily White Republicans, who were more for white people and white issues. The Republican but Party the point of 2017. But the larger point that I was trying to make was, I'd say, in the, in the political discourse, I'm saying that, like you were talking about being dug in, once we make that assumption or that accusation, then automatically there's a, there's a fight to be started. I think you can have an actual argument about policy today. Absolutely. I think you have an actual mm-hmm. argument today about issues, whether it be uh, socialism, whether it be uh, communism, whether it be uh, capitalism. These are things that we can have, I think, these ideas, we can, even when it comes to multiculturalism, even when it comes to welfare. So I was just trying to make the point that when we use these actions, this is why I started the show, I'd say it's not even worth, matter of fact, use the word conservative, right? I'd say, fine, that's, that's my political belief. That's what I uh, have registered. I'm registered as a, as, a, as a conservative. But I'm saying if I come to Drexel or Chelsea or, I'm sorry, Scott, Scott, and I go, blah, I'm a conservative. Okay, so that automatically is going to elicit a certain response where we obviously can't talk. Because like you said, mm-hmm. people are going to say, oh, you believe everything Trump says. That's a negative. So the point that I was simply trying to make was it is not worth just using these um, grandiose, this grandiose terminology when we're trying to have political discourse. I think it's most importantly to talk about the thing that's right in front of us today, what the issue would be, and then we can get further with that. And you don't have to name it. That was the point that I was making. So I, I'm, I'm yes. all for st- staying, you know, recent. But mm-hmm. then when, when you sit, throw in comments like the KKK was mm-hmm. started by the Democrats, now you're going back in time, and then we got to recap. Right. Well, you, but, you, but you missed my point, though. So I'm saying you missed the a reason why I brought that up. I was talking to you about a thread and how a thread can go. I was just making but a the, point about discourse, but and then a thread saying, went boom. That some, was my point. But somebody saying all Republicans are racist. That is either proven or unproven by itself, it do, you don't have to, well, how can that be if the KKK was started by the Democrats? That is a logical fallacy. You would have failed the LSAT if you're trying to get into law school by using that reasoning. Just bec- if, the, if the Democrats are racist, let's just say they are, um, that doesn't say anything about whether the Republicans are or aren't. Do you see what I'm saying? No. So uh, they, could, they could potentially both be racist, just talking exactly. about theoretically so what it's happens, possible. What happens, and the reason why, maybe perhaps this is a, an offering of why you have seen that it gets more and more um, hostile among people, is because we tr- try to explain to you how we've seen the platform change. And the next thing that was said was, well, that didn't happen and yada, yada. So when you dismiss people, it's not that you're trying to see their perspective or understand, oh, you have a different perspective, is that you just straight knocked it out and invalidated it as if you know the answer and are the supreme knowing being. being. And that's why this discourse has gotten so nasty. Negative. Because we are not just looking at each other with different perspectives, we're saying, actually, your perspective is wrong. It is factually incorrect. And you can believe that, but if you want to just snap it down and say, you're wrong, that's not going to help with a, a respectful and um, beneficial discourse. Uh, it's going I just to want, just well, well, I, well, she has a, can, I, can I respond? Yeah. The, the point, I think, here's where I think we agree. I agree in the fact that the point about uh, discourse has to start with, uh, like you said, facts and truth. So what I'm saying is it's like 
I'm, I don't want to get into a banter between you and I because that's something we can go for. And he's looking at me ready to move on. But I'm saying, to, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying. But I'm saying to, in order to start the political discourse, I'm saying, I was utilizing the thread analogy to show you that I just made a fact. Like you said, I knew that didn't stand to logical fallacy, but someone had posted that, and I was trying to make the point saying that why would you post something that is false that like that? in order to try to have a discourse. So whether you or I agree on uh, the perspective of the platforms changing, I don't see anything in the platform, I think, when you say things have switched. I'm just saying I don't see that. I don't see where the platforms have switched. Because, by the way, I don't buy that the Democratic platform is racist. That was not my argument. The Democratic Party is not a racist party. Neither okay. is the Republican Party. It is not a racist party. But but it's not it's not. You about know what I'm saying, Jack? So that's, <coughs> all, that's all I'm trying to say. No, I don't know what you're saying. What I'm saying is, is that... It, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily. It doesn't need to be written in black and white. This party is racist. It doesn't like the Republican platform is not going to say it's racist. It's how how legislation affects minority groups that makes it, when you r- make it a racist. Really hard for people voter to suppression vote is racist. And the, the right voter welfare support. reform is. <laughs> crazily, not okay. a black issue. It is mostly a white Southern issue. But, but Drexel, but once again, as, as to, to Chelsea's immigration, point, again, if we're going to talk all about all of these issues, gerrymandering and voter suppression and all of these things, I'd say once again, that's where I start saying that becomes a matter, believe it or not, of perspective, because there have been people who've done studies on both sides who've talked about, well, yes, there's there, that they believe there is and there isn't. Is my question, my question is of of uh, he he used like voter suppression. Yes, mm-hmm. he's Drexel used the. Or the axiom that voter suppression has been put forth as a as an platform mm-hmm. by the Republican Party. No, 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 I did not say that. No, 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 platform. I so, so, but you, we're talking about, about a platform. Right, we're talking well, about. Uh, we're going to let uh, Buddy we, finish his thought, and we have we to have move, move on. on. <laughs> we could continue to do this, but I do want to let you. I want to. No, be no, but I want to finish my guest finish the thought. Yeah, with with love and respect, Drexel. I was just saying that I just Chelsea and Drexel and people will, and not you guys, people. I'm just saying people often, and I'll say both sides. Well, oftentimes say, well, this is the platform. And I'm always trying to say, well, we have to be specific about what policy, what law, and what platform proves that the Republican Party's platform is racist. Like the platform. But why does that matter? It's now you were just talking about words or whatever. We're, well, no, we were talking. You guys are bringing it up. You guys are no. saying that the party switched. But the, the, the no, we said the people in the back. Uh, the people have switched. I want yes. to move on to. But John. if the people, yes, they're, they're, you stuff. said the yeah. people have switched, but black yes, but no, I'm just saying the Hispanic yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. People have moved from what the what you were saying, the Democratic Party and the founding of the KKK. No, no, no. Those people have switched to today, and I would say case in point is the gerrymandering law. Uh, in Wisconsin and North Carolina that was struck down because it was considered racist. voting suppression and racist. And so I'm saying whole, those so people... Party, we're not saying the whole party because that's not... Nobody's saying every single what person. What they stand for when they, they say we're, we're trying to protect the vote, it's a... Who is they? Dog. Sorry. Well, well you know, here's the yes, point, is that I don't know if this is an exact conversation you would have on the Great American Podcast, which Absolutely. can be found at the Great American Podcast. <laughs> but you can certainly find many more conversations no, like absolutely, that. Absolutely. And by the way, I would certainly be interested in continuing talking about this if it were a slow news week. Right. But there are a few things I do want to get to. <laughs> uh, way back at the beginning of the show, 20 plus minutes ago, uh, we uh, heard a song from Gorky Park, the well-known hugely popular Russian glam metal band from the 80s and the only reason why was of course hey there was a lot of Russia in the news this week and it uh, starts off with uh, President Trump getting to meet Putin face to face uh, unless you're a conspiracy theorist where you feel like they probably hung out a bunch of times but buddy as our resident conservative and Uh as our guest 
What is your take on the relationship between President Trump and Vladimir Putin? I mean, I don't really have a take. I don't know. I mean, it's just... just uh, you're just... A, you know, you know, you're, like, it's more like your gut. It doesn't even have to be facts. I mean, like, I, I guess I'd say if I were just to look at maybe what happened, the ceasefire being brokered in Syria was a good thing. Um, you know, that, that, that was probably something that was, that was good. I mean, um, what beyond that, I mean, there's this, obviously, this ongoing... Uh, It'd be, I guess you call it investigation with uh, with uh, a parent. You know, I love when Republicans pretend like, like it's not happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I'd say the I'd say the ceasefire is probably for me the biggest news. If you know if that if that holds because of the carnage that is going on, because you no, know, absolutely, all the people I mean, who are fighting for Syria. Uh, you know, there's so many people vying <laughs> for for a foothold there. So to uh, focus on ISIS and to stop Assad from fighting. You know the Free Syrian Army and bombing this, uh, you know, the Syrian people, which is probably well over five hundred thousand that we know about. I'd say uh, that's a good thing. I definitely agree that uh, if there were to be a Syrian ceasefire that lasted for a long time, that would be great. Whoever brokered it, whoever caused it, that part doesn't even matter. Uh, it is an issue that we in America have largely turned, and I'm not talking about our elected officials, although you could make that case too, but in general, it's not something people talk about. What they talk about is sort of where I started, things like uh, Russia. And I'll start with uh, Scott because I feel like you uh, haven't haven't gotten enough words in yet. And we'll work our <laughs> down. Uh, your thoughts when you see that uh, President Trump sits down and he doesn't he doesn't give like a big bear hug to Putin, you know, like a like a sweaty shirtless on top of a horseback kind of holding a shotgun hug. But, you know, it's, it wasn't that moment. But uh, what, what is your just gut reaction? We're not no, talking like, about he's finally meeting his boss face to face. They're having their annual job uh, performance review. Exactly. It didn't go well. Like, um, you know, so he's going to be cordial. We really expected a lot more from you. We, there's a lot a lot of room for growth. Um, no, no raise this year. But, you know, let's Let's revisit in six right, months. Right, right. So, All you right. know, it's going to be that Which, kind of... Uh, that's, that's Scott's theory. I think it's very yeah. funny. <laughs> and true. <laughs> well, you can say that. I think it's funny. I'm, uh, I'm a big proponent of... Uh, our friend Kevin Undergaard always says, uh, comedy must rule. And in this moment, <laughs> what are you going to do other than uh, laugh at something like that? Uh, Chelsea, uh, I, I, I'm wondering your thoughts on uh, President Trump finally sitting down with Vladimir Putin. Uh, Scott is the expert on history, <laughs> and if that's what he said went down, I believe it. Great, I'll move on to Drexel. Well, my next question is actually yeah. to start with Chelsea. So, uh, <laughs> See, uh, now he's not going to start with me anymore. He learned his lesson already. <laughs> no, it was great. Please. I, I, have, a, I have a feeling it's because it's the Chelsea question. It, it, it is indeed. It's for a recovering our Recover. attorney, mm-hmm. and since you're our recovering attorney, uh, it'll go to you next, but I do want to let Drexel weigh uh, in. I, I think, like Scott said, I think he went and met his maker. Uh, <laughs> and his maker. His <laughs> maker. Somebody. Well, the king maker, I the guess, is maker, what you president, mean. Not president uh, maker. Okay. Um, I, I do think that um, you could tell what really what was really what came out of that because buddy was talking about the ceasefire one of the really crazy things that came out of that was obviously this idea that he could create a cyber terrorism unit uh mm-hmm. with russia what you could tell through photos through uh statements through conversation through what we saw on tv was that the other heads of state kind of isolated him 
and, yeah, and, and, and where all of the statements from the White House seemed to be about Russia and seemed to be about what that relationship was going to be like. And it was like, you saw the photo, I'm sure everybody saw the photo of the president sitting at the at the table by himself looking mm-hmm. like he didn't have anywhere else to go. And then all, <laughs> and then all well, the people, and nobody wants to talk to, to him. All the people around to, him are like, bur, 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 to, let's do real things. To be fair, it's it, totally is, it is difficult to actually notice a German woman giving someone a cold response to something because she is in fact a German woman, but is very <laughs> chilling rolling. by Angela Merkel. Yeah. Uh, they're they're clear Clearly, they're not going to play doubles on the tennis court anytime soon. Although, if they did, I would watch, by the way. It's because Angela Merkel knows that she is, at this point, the leader of the free world right now. She is the woman on top right now, and she has the power to do that. You even saw the Polish, uh, the wife of the Polish prime minister kind of like zigzag her way around Donald Trump. So, I think what what, what, she says, she said, whoop. She said, oh, no, I don't want to shake your hand. But, but you know, I, and Buddy brought up America First at the, at the top of the episode. And it is a little, you know, I come from military family. To, so to see that. Much like Buddy, by the way. To, you so, both come from military So families. to see that kind of um, reaction to the head of state of a country that, you know, I am super proud of every day um, is a little, you know, I, you know, the, 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 George W. Bush was a little, was, was not very bright. Um, um, however, the cold reaction, we never, even though every other country knew that the United States was the one that started the Iraq war and they just had to follow, there was never a, we're not going to listen to the United States or we're not, we don't believe that the United, we should be following even after the intelligence, even, even through reelection in 2004, there was never a moment where other, where our allies were like, you know what, we're not going to listen to the United States, even to you know, Tony Blair, people who were following, um, George W. Bush around the place, you know, you look at Theresa May, who's probably closer to Donald Trump than probably anybody. And she's like, I don't know about this guy. Well, the interesting um, so point, though, to sort of go back to something <clears throat> that Buddy said, that's the issue sort of as the man versus the office. People who disagreed with George W. Bush still, for the most part, found him to be very likable. Right. You know? Personable, and warm. It's, it's not that easy to find Donald Trump mm-hmm. personable uh, or warm. Uh, so maybe that was why he sat down with Putin, because also not personable or warm. In fact, I'm fairly sure Putin is cold-blooded. I have no proof of that, though. I'm just wondering. But uh, Like what, his maker, because he's a vampire <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know if either of them have cast reflections, so I can't. I watched the interview with a vampire. I know exactly what's going on. Uh, so uh, this also sort of this Russia umbrella includes this revelation that uh, Donald Trump Jr. met with a Russian lawyer who had damaging information on Hillary Clinton after learning Russia wanted to help Trump win. This is reported by the New York Times and sort of the Washington Post does one of those. Well, hey, they said this, and we're going to write about it too. But remember, they said it first, so you know it's like we're not trying. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're going to blame them just in case anything goes wrong with this. But to our recovering attorney, Chelsea, I told you the next question was for you. Uh, there's this idea that well, is that collusion? Now, of course, if that is collusion, collusion is not against the law, but conspiracy is. That's as far as my Judge Judy law degree goes, so I'm not even sure if I'm right. So I'm going to go to you and tell me, could it be collusion? Could it be conspiracy? Could it be something else? And if so, what happens? Well, it, it could be either one. I mean, it's very strange that he, Don Jr. could say that he was meeting with Russia for any real reasonable reason, because at the time... Trump was just a candidate. There'd be no 
reason to meet about policy. Or I mean, not about policy, but maybe or something <clears throat> that, that just. So look, maybe you want to open a golf course in the Ukraine and you want to see what the ramifications are politically. So you sit down with so I don't know why you sit down with a lawyer or a recovering lawyer. It's just a theory I'm putting out there. So what happens is it all depends on if Trump now President Trump knew. So they asked if he the knew that if he knew that Donald Jr. took this meeting for this reason right. I mean, at it, that moment. I, okay. I wasn't alive then, but apparently the big question in the Nixon day was when, what did the president know and when? And that is a relevant question again today. You were not alive, but by the way, happy birthday, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. That's the important thing to get to, really. That's really what the show's <laughs> yes. about. Uh, look, um, so it's interesting. Uh, yeah, what did he know and when? And that's why this ongoing it's investigation would... To, I mean... Because if, if it's nothing and never, it's like, all right, so you're going to crucify Donald Trump Jr., so I guess you could have a, hu- a headline that said Donald Trump, something happened to him. But at the same time, we don't really know. I, I, I'll just speak personally. I think that no one in the Trump family or inner circle actively conspired to do anything, especially electric, uh, election or electric, but election fraud. Now, it's possible that, you know, they get in a room, some information. And they're like, oh, OK, I'm going to put you guys in touch with some people. You know, I think that that's possible. I don't. Wait, not saying that that's it, not the same thing as colluding. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't think that the guy himself is actually by ignorance any lesser of a crime than collusion. Probably, honestly, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet it is. It also goes if you're just like, oh, you guys should talk. I don't know. You have, you know, and it also goes. You guys like Gorky Park? Yeah, they're great. <laughs> Go ahead and listen to the CD. I'm it, gonna leave the room. It goes back to something that James Clapper said a few weeks ago, which was some people don't know how far down the rabbit hole they are, and into into, into until, treason. Yeah, a, until they're down that rabbit hole, and you know, even so, today, which was really crazy to me, like even though I could, <clears throat> I said I said to I tweeted out earlier, like. The Trumps are like the people that you really hate, but you feel sorry for them because they're so stupid. And then you're and you're just like and they're like Kardashians where you're like, we kind of like you, but not really. But we really hate you. But you can't be that dumb like with Rob, you know, Rob Kardashian and Jim by China last week. You know, and you're like, why would you do that? So this morning, you know, this morning I wrote to work and I said, self. <laughs> did you say this out loud? I did. I said this out loud. Okay, I just want to. I just want to picture it. I was, yeah. listen, I was listening to Pod audience. Saves America and I was on the way and I was listening. I said, self, what if? these emails that the New York Times keeps claiming about are doctored somehow. Like, what if, you know, somebody's pulling another rug underneath the mm-hmm. New York Times' leg and 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 then the New York Times get the Trump administration comes out and they say, psych, you don't know, these are not authenticated <laughs> emails, da, 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 yeah. somebody wrote these and you guys are all gullible and this, mm-hmm. is, this is the reality situation. And then... Like us, mm-hmm. like like God coming out of the sky. <laughs> Donald Trump, Donald John Jr. says, New York Times, I'm going to beat you to the punch. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Welcome to the Trump Report. <laughs> Here are the actual emails. And then in the subject line, it says, Russia, Clinton, dash, private and confidential. And you're like, well, I guess they couldn't be... Uh, Guess they couldn't be made up emails because mm-hmm. Don Jr. said it. Definitely mm-hmm. not about a golf course. Uh, Definitely know, about. And then and then they tried we, to. Cover do we it up know that there's no town in Russia called Clinton? I, <laughs> right, I, look, right, I, right. I'm just. Right. I want to have alternative theories, uh, and we'll get to alternative news in a moment and alternative facts and fake news. But that's all in the future. Uh, back to Buddy. As you hear about various, you know, people and uh, you know connections, which. 
I'm just talking about them in terms of questions about it. I, I don't know that we have, you know, smoking guns and, you know, ironclad facts. There's a lot of questions. There are definitely things that you hear like, well, that doesn't add up, right? As you hear those things, do you feel like we should know more? And I'm not even saying anybody's guilty of anything. Do you feel like it's worth pursuing things like this in particular? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's uh, Bob Mueller, right? That's the whole point of the yep. special investigation. Yes. You know, so, yeah, I, I think that... Um, but but we were talking about the rabbit hole. Jexel, who said the rabbit hole? Mm-hmm. Jexel, yeah, the rabbit hole. Um, it's also James Clapper said it. I just repeated it. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm just saying, like, you're right. So, you know, you, you have the his him tweeting his own emails. But there is also what's called Fusion GPS. And they're, they're also being investigated by the FBI uh, in, in their efforts and somehow being connected to the lawyer. I can't say her name. Uh, right, the lawyer who he met with the Russian lawyer, talk, yes. the one that Russia pretended like mm-hmm. they didn't know. Mag- mm-hmm. Yeah, and, she, and and they started talking about the Magnitsky Act and all this. So I think the more it's kind of like uh, I said this on one of my shows with, with my with my co-host. I said a lot of these things you just got to wait a week and just more comes out. So no, that's definitely true. So yeah, so wherever you stand on uh, any of these yeah, issues, I mean, he definitely he obviously met with her. I mean, that's a fact. Right, uh, it's a fact that um, um, also, but there's also this thing with the Fusion GPS. Which is this? Uh, uh, I was gonna, investigative, I actually, this investigative. I don't know what that so is. That sounds like a fruity iced tea that you would get. Yeah, you know? yeah So yeah. I don't. What is fusion? Uh, no, well, like I said, that's something I just literally ran upon when I was sitting out here waiting for you guys. So there's there's stuff with them and 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 their interactions with Donald Trump Jr. And then also they went and got dirt on Mitt Romney. I think back in the day. So so the issue is is that he met with her, uh, I guess for 20 minutes. That's what they're saying. The meeting was about. Um, the Magnitsky Act, and there was okay. this guy Sergei Magnitsky who was killed. Right, right. right. It, he was he was in custody for 385 days, and he was killed. And so, I guess you, you, in 2012, you were no longer allowed to adopt. Americans were no longer allowed to adopt Russian, babies from mm-hmm. Russia. Right, I do remember that happening. So, so, that, so, like you said, so there's a lot of things that are going to be in, investigated. The, so, I guess that's a long-winded. Uh, uh, yeah, a, lot, a lot of that, by the way, makes me feel like oh, I think I missed a season of House of Cards because it all yeah. sounds like that sort of those kind of machinations. But, 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 well, but you know who to handle that differently? Frank Underwood, Claire Underwood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she would. <laughs> she would. Claire would have handled that. Full, a no, would have had that paper trail right there. Frank is the OG here. Frank's the OG. He actually. Exactly. Yes, yeah, she would have deleted all those that's emails. That's I kind of said, okay, I can't, you know, that but, the, but the Minsky, like, like, first of all, Donald Am I saying the right Meninsky? Meninsky, whatever the act is, the Meninsky. Yeah, they were whatever. talking about how that's why they met originally was for the adoption it wasn't, stuff. But, but, but then you're like, the reason they wanted to meet on that is because of the sanctions that the United States had put on Russia. So obviously the meeting was not about the act itself, but was about what was connected to the act, which were the sanctions that the Obama administration had already put on Russia at the time, and the fact that we had... You know, decided that Americans just couldn't adopt Russians. Yeah, and it's, and it's also, but I think the Minsky Act also was. Really, it's not just about. It's also about banking and visas, and you know, there's all these the other sanctions things, that yeah, the United States right, have put yeah, on exactly Russia. They, it, but but, uh, but but Donald John Jr. was on Shahanity tonight, mm-hmm. and he said, honestly, my takeaway when all of this was going on is that someone has information on our opponent. Now, every Republican operative has come out today and been like, well, we would just have never done it like that. Like what? First of all, Donald John Jr. was not an advisor to the campaign. So why was he meeting about campaign matters? Why was a Russian lawyer not uh, talking to a campaign and not to state about something that was very important to the economic stability of Russia at the time or what the relationship? Why weren't they going to state? So then you're like, then he says things are going a million miles per hour again. And hey, wait a minute. I hear about all these things, but maybe this is something I should hear him out. So why would you? Why would you? Why? 
Why do you? There's no legitimate. Right, there isn't. He's trying no to. No reason. And I told Chelsea. To find out. And I told Chelsea before the show started. I said I feel like Don Jr. really just wanted to make Daddy happy. Mm-hmm. And like you know, Tiffany was the like the child that they didn't really think of, but really didn't think of Don Jr. either because Eric was smarter. But then everybody liked Ivanka better. So then like Don Jr. was like the black sheep of the child because he wasn't that bright. So then he. Are you he sure could... you're not talking about the Kardashians? <laughs> you made that comparison. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about well, those comparisons are pretty equal. Well, it's it's what it sounded like. Yeah, because uh, we just talked about the t-shirts, and then two days later, Rob comes oh, out with that's all right. Yeah, we can talk about that when uh, Drexel was, was on the Toronto, Toronto show. Just yeah. and, and I think like and I think the opposition, like you said, the opposition. Research was like that is that's prob that from what I gathered this early, like right. this early, I like, like wait two weeks. That's probably where it, if when he's saying he would have done it differently, that is exactly what he did wrong. Was as a candidate, he's trying to get ahead of the game somehow. And like so once again, that's just. But do you know what you do in those instances? You go to the FBI, <laughs> just like the Gore campaign did, just like other campaigns would have done. You go to the FBI and be like. Listen, these people are coming at us. When the Gore campaign got the Bush playbook, the debate playbook, they went directly to the FBI. That's what grown-ups do. They go to the FBI and they but, say these people are coming at us. But the last us. thing you'd want to do is go to a, uh, a foreign national – you know, you do not want to mix that because that's where you start, like you're saying, going down the rabbit hole. That's where you start getting into the treason territory when a foreign country is now – Affecting, you know, the oppo research that you're but talking you know about. What? I think you that- wouldn't want to go that route, and and that's the thing where you'd want to steer clear. And that's on either side. Right. People are not going to want to go to another country and start dealing with those foreign nationals supplying you with so-called damaging research for your opponent. Especially because when you don't represent exactly, the when you have States. no. It's it's <laughs> it's it's a very bad slippery slope. And as we've said since the beginning, you know, we're we're finding more of these things coming out. It's just that drip drip drip, and we know that. Obviously, there was some involvement, but to what degree by the president, by other senior officials in his uh, inner circle is like, where does where is that line? And that's what we're having to find out now. But we're starting to see that it's very close. I'd to be him. interested to know who takes the fall for all this. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like we know, like I, I, I'm with Christian, like I just don't think I think that. They are shielding. If you saw the White House's statement about Don Jr. today, if you saw the way that Don Jr. just fell on the sword tonight, mm-hmm. where he was just like, "Yeah, I probably could have done that a little bit differently." Like he knows he messed up, so he knows something might be coming. Um, Michael Flynn's back there being like, "I just want immunity. I don't care what I say." <laughs> um, well, to go back to my open, if I if they could make it work, if they could pin it on one guy. Chris Christie. That's who they are. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, and then you have Kushner. He's on vacation. Yeah. He's on uh, vacation. What, uh, they tear down that bridge. By the way, if, if anybody wants to see something enjoyable, uh, look for the YouTube clip of Chris Christie on <laughs> filling in for Mike Francesa. Yes, that was actually. And the caller. The caller. You know, really gave it to him, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that guy wanted to be vice president. But anyway, one of the <laughs> uh, one of the sort of prevailing topics in this White House has been fake news, and I think that legitimate news agencies have, on occasion, as we've talked about on this show, hurt themselves by rushing to reporting mm-hmm. that wasn't properly vetted. We've talked about that, I think, right. as recently. Uh, well, not last week, but last episode, mm-hmm. and that really doesn't help your cause that you're not biased, that it's not fake news. And I do think that there is fake news out there. But uh, I don't think that any time that there is a negative news story of of some kind that that's like, oh, automatically it's fake news. But that's kind of what you tend to hear from the White House. And uh, I uh, wanted to let Buddy have a moment to what's your thoughts on the idea of fake news? 
is is it fake and how prevalent do you Man, think it look, is? I, I think uh, it's fake. It's fake. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just like pumping my show up. And so, like, I'm just kidding. Your show's great. Um, no, I mean, you know, like eating. And your cake. show is the Great American Podcast. Yeah, man. GreatAmericanPodcast.us. Yeah. 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 You know, look, I think that uh, maybe the label uh, in itself, just calling it fake news, kind of creates a, a, I don't know, what would be a, uh, it, not a barrier, but, but I'm just saying the label itself. I think people can rush sometimes and they get information and report it, but I don't know if how much of a big deal it is. If it's true, if it's true, if it's fake, if it's fake, and it's, and, and I guess the, you know, like I said, fake news now has become a thing, and we attack people with it. Um, yeah, so I mean, the biggest proponents of fake news are us, and I don't mean us here in the room. I mean, we, the people who, like, on Facebook see this, oh, this link that I haven't really even read the whole thing. Yeah. That supports a point that I feel very strongly about, so let me just go ahead and share it with everyone. Yeah. Without even really paying attention. You know, if it's, you know, Occupy Democrats, or uh, that's the only one I can remember. <laughs> you know, they have certain names where in, on both sides where you're like, uh, should I really share that? Right. right away. And so uh, I see a lot, I see both sides of this on, on my feed. And I think that there is some fake news out there, but the uh, it's so prevalent, I think. That word might be prevalent, but that's up to you. Know, <laughs> it is yes. prevalent, sorry. Uh, but uh, uh, and I think it's mostly because of us. Uh, we do only have a few more minutes, so I do want to rush into uh, something else. Uh, the, it's uh, it's health care, and uh, the Republicans are supposedly going to take one last shot at Obamacare. Supposedly, Mitch McConnell does not have the votes to pass the bill, but he's really pushing to try and get a vote uh, next week. We've talked about this a number of times. Uh, it's sort of looking for short answers because we only have a few minutes. Scott, do you think he's going to be able to find the votes to get this bill passed? Now, obviously, if extensive changes are made in the next couple weeks, that's a different question. But the way it is now, do you mm, think the votes are no. out there? Not in its present form because, again, we have too many different factions in the Republican Party like we've talked about. There's too many people that say it doesn't go far enough. And then you've got the people like the Susan Collins and Elisa Murkowski and the Rob Portmans that are going to be feeling like, okay, well, we're going to start affecting our constituents with Medicaid coverage in states that are a little more purple. And uh, so he's not going to be able to get the votes that he wants now. He's pushing the recess uh, in August, a traditional recess, to hopefully get a vote before they go up break in August. But, you know, it's uh, it's looking unlikely. They're making some tweaks, and they're going to have a new CBO score out, uh, I think, sometime next week on the latest tweaks, and then we'll we'll see how it, how it goes out you know nationally and how people are feeling after that uh and then the the final point and we'll uh, let everyone kind of weigh in on this uh house republicans they're uh ready to help president trump by letting him put a down payment on the wall uh there is a uh, they've uh, matched the administration's request for 1.6 billion dollars for the next fiscal year to uh start building the wall for mexico and i think every estimate shows that that would not get much of the wall built at all <laughs> so uh is this something that you think Drexel, I'll start with you, that Republicans are really going to be willing to go to the mat for and risk a government shutdown for this $1.6 billion for the wall. I don't think so. I think that there are a lot of southern border Republicans who are <clears throat> grappling with the fact that they're fiscally conservative and they don't care for the $1.6 billion. They'd much rather it not be spent at all. And then you've got border uh, or, or border representatives who are like, this is going to affect our economy on the border. So they're, they're not going to be for that either. So they're trying to figure out how they 
how they tell their constituents. It's all about messaging. How do you tell your constituents that you're not going to give the president what he campaigned on while at the same time explaining to them that it's going to affect their their like, do you tell do the question for for southern voters is. Do I care more about security or do I care more about my economic stability? And so that is going to have to be the question for that the, the, the message that Republicans take back to their constituents, because I have, don't have the answer for that, because that's going to be up to them. But on the health care thing, I, you know, at the same time, that's another thing. McConnell can either try to try to appease Merca- Collins, who's basically said no at this point, like she's not voting for this. You know, a couple and, people and Dean Heller. I, would, Dean I Heller, meant to include him, too. Uh, on Dean that. Heller may or may not vote for that, mm-hmm. but we'll see if they give him something. But it's the conservative wing that you start to see these people um, attached to the cruise and the, the, the cruise mm-hmm. side of the bill, where you're like, so really McConnell really wants the conservatives to lock themselves in. So let's give Ted Cruz and and, and Rand Paul and those guys everything that they want. Mm-hmm. And um, so we'll see. But I don't think the board. It, to, to your point, if 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 the if the wall is only going to be built like halfway. I don't think the Republicans are going to go for for that. Uh, and uh, keeping in mind, we only have about one minute, but I do want to uh, let Buddy just sort of, you know, and I'll give you a minute and a half if I need to. Uh, but uh, this is probably one of the most divisive issues as it pertains to President Trump is the wall. And also we were talking a lot about health care. Do you feel like if those don't get accomplished, is that going to be a major setback for President Trump being able to get any kind of agenda going because he's so heavily banking on these two issues? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah, if you if you ran if you ran on that and you said you know to your to the people who voted for you, and, you know you don't you don't come through. <clears throat> absolutely, you know. I mean, that's part of the reason that he got elected. You know, so so people said, okay, you know, you're gonna be, you're gonna new sheriff in town. You asked for us to give you a chance, we gave you a chance. So uh, if Congress absolutely does not, uh, you know, uh, go forth on health care, which I agree with him, it's not in its present form, it won't, because of the the different wings within the uh, conservative movement. And then um, as far as the the wall, same thing. Well, and I would also add with the wall, it's not actually going to be a real wall. And it, and John Kelly, uh, you know, Homeland Security Chief, has actually said it's mainly fences and other things that they're doing. So I think we almost have to change the verbiage of saying it's not actually going to be a real wall anyways, and it never was, and Mexico's never going to pay for it. So it's like, <laughs> to keep well, it going is, is, right. is kind of so. And actually, I would say there's the, you know, the signs that, that we had in the state of California about the immigrants running across the freeways, which used to be a very big thing about 20 years ago. And because it's it's gone down so much more, there's only one sign left remaining in the state and once that goes away it will not be replaced just to tell you how the immigration uh, uh, has shifted which, and changed uh, Chelsea I wanted to give you do you have something that you want to close on or do you yeah. feel it yeah well I don't know if I've told you but I'm going to be in DC next week oh you didn't tell us and so. I was considering um, going on Sunday instead of Monday because there's going to be a sit-in on Monday at the Capitol so you could get arrested again <laughs> please I come back I considered it <laughs> but I'm a little bit worried about my TSA pre-check and mm-hmm. I don't think healthcare this is going to go through anyway so I'm not sure it's worth it but it should be a really interesting mm-hmm. week and I'll report back when I get in, home in two weeks well we look forward yes. to that uh, special huge thanks to our guest Buddy Sostan at Buddy Sostan buddy.sostan.com and of course the greatamericanpodcast.us uh uh, we look forward to having you back sometime soon, buddy. It was uh, great having you join us. Thank For you. me, Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ, Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia. Oh, somebody asked S- if it was my birthday. It was Friday. At <laughs> Scott Moore seven, at seven. Man Andy. We'll be back <laughs> next Tuesday. Chelsea won't be here, but our friend Brooks Lees will be back. So we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks, everybody. I got the fire, I got the fire, I got the fire.
from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. From executive producers Maria Manunos. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.